Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Broderick Sutherland, and I serve as a host of the reigning, defending, undisputed heavyweight podcast champion of the world. Holy shoot! Yes, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome <laughs> to the Holy Shoot Podcast, a podcast that is all about the world of professional wrestling. As I mentioned in the very Paul Heyman-esque intro, I am your host, Broderick, and joining us on today's show is... Hey, uh, fine, Chen. I'll do it then. This is Chen. This okay. is Chen. script, Chen. Come on. This, you know, last I, I'm Sam, by the way. Last night, Chen was having quite a few goes at me at the at the meetup we went to watch Money in the Bank at for being unprofessional and yet here we are he can't even read the script for the first moment he has to be on the podcast Honestly. listen Sam listen we don't script this, things this, here we do it off the top of our head alright we're not WWE this, this is what we deal with uh, like before you came on board you know me and Jason we just mentally cried every time Chen just opened his mouth <laughs> Anyway, guys, in the words of Enzo Mori, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, ready to rock and roll. Oh, that's cool. I mean, for, for once you're not saying, I'm broke or I'm dying inside. <laughs> Is it because, like, you got over that wedding, like... Oh, yeah, definitely. I had, like, three weddings in the, in the, in the like, within seven weeks. Um, I'm just glad it's over and done with now. I can just finally relax and get back to normal life. Which is each wife, each discreet wife that Chen married only stayed with him for two weeks each time. So that's why he's been gone. Oh, would explain that serial killings in North London. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, how about you, yeah, mate? Not too bad. I, I'm actually uh, in the middle of watching the last episode of Game of Thrones as we speak. Uh, I paused it to do this podcast because I am actually, contrary to Chen's uh, opinions, I am a professional. And uh, it's... It's been, it's extremely disappointing. So I'm not that disappointed I had to stop halfway through. Sam, Sam, Sam. Even money in the bank's better. Sam, yeah, Sam, 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 Sam. Yeah. If you don't bend the knee right now, I'll ruin it for you. <laughs> I don't think you can. The writers already did. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's true, though. The surprises at Money in the Bank made more sense than the surprises in the last series of Game of Thrones. Yep. And that is saying something. Anyway, uh, coming up on today's show, we'll be discussing our thoughts of AEW's Double or Nothing pay-per-view. But up first, as mentioned by Sam just a second ago, we shall provide our review of WWE Money in the Bank 2019. So... Money in the Bank got some very mixed reactions from fans on Sunday night, somehow managing to dampen expectations, but avoiding complete creative catastrophe. So thereby, WWE provided a solid, if unexceptional, show with exceptional moments. Still, at least it was better written than the finale of Game of Thrones. So before we go into this review, gents, what are your brief thoughts on Money in the Bank? I thought it was okay. I thought... <laughs> For every kind of duddish match, there was a match which had a few moments that made me do some shouting and jumping around yeah. down in the Belushi's dugout. So, yeah, yeah, above average for a WWE pay-per-view. Probably won't Fair. watch it again. Don't mind that I watched it the first time. Very good. Uh, what about you, Chen? I actually really enjoyed it. There was a lot of moments where I was just jumping up and down. I think I jumped on you once, Broad. 
Um, and it's, Who hasn't? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I actually really did enjoy this pay-per-view. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of in between. Like, I think there's a lot of great matches that are overshadowed by some really bad stuff. So, uh, yeah, I will go more into deep dive in this. So here's how the review is going to work. Uh, Sam has recorded some clips of our reactions uh, on Monday night when we watched Money in the Bank. So if he has a clip, he'll prov- will he will provide our media reactions from that night from different matches. Uh, if not, then you'll probably just hear a weird cut. But uh, so that's what's going to happen. After that, we'll also provide our star ratings for this match before discussing the matches in more detail. So we're shaking up the reviews like a wild card rule or a twenty four seven title. So have yeah. you guys? seen the pre-show match with the Usos and Daniel Bryan Ryan? No, I arrived late to the event, so I missed about the first three matches. Okay, well, let's let's ignore Sam. You should have watched that <laughs> for Game of Thrones. I mean, honestly. I know, I'm sorry. Uh, People what, are what about... to spoil this. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Chen? Uh, I you... never watched the pre-show. That's all well, you just know. Well, if it's not you... good enough to be in the card in Vince McMahon's eyes, why should I care? Uh, because Vince McMahon knows nothing like Jon Snow. But anyway, yeah. nah, that's a joke. He, he does know a bit more than Jon Snow. But So, okay, I give this two and a half stars. It was a solid tag team match. Surprise, Daniel Bryan got pinned. That was about it, really. Wow, oh, Daniel Bryan took the pin. Wow. Yeah, Rowan hasn't been pinned in two years, according to... Uh, Yo, some... what? <laughs> well, he's, he's been injured for the most part, and then the Bludgeon Brothers were dominant. The last pinfall he took was in Backlash 2017, which is I... May 2017, and that was against Luke Harper. Remember wow. that guy? Um, so, so yeah, so he hasn't been pinned in two years, and I suppose it makes sense because Daniel Bryan's a smaller man. So, yeah, but Daniel Bryan is like ex-heavyweight champion. Rowan is some dude who used to follow around a crazy preacher man and dress up as a sheep. Right, like, a sidekick. Right? Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> but no, we, we got to keep him looking strong. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've also met Rowan, so of course, like, he has to be the one not taking the pin. So, you know, because my connection with him. I'm just humble bragging at this point. He, wear, he wears cool metal band t-shirts, so I guess there's that. Yeah. Yeah. He's a cool dude. He's a cool dude. So leave, leave him out of it. So, yeah, I'll give it two and a half stars. Not really much to talk about. Uso's probably get a title shot on Smackdown at some point. So we, maybe maybe in Saudi Arabia, who knows. So would you recommend that us non pre-show watching Heathens go back and watch it or not? No, you're not really missing anything. It's a good it's a good warm-up match, but you're not really missing anything. I think uh is I was take back two and a half. I'll say it's three stars because it is good, but it's not like a Buddy Murphy cruiserweight title match. Ah oh, fair enough. Cool. So baby became the third ever winner of the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, we'll go more into more detail about her successful cashing later on. But Chen, since Sam didn't watch this match, stupid Sam. <laughs> rude. You're the one rude by not you doing should... your research. I haven't. <laughs> you to this podcast full time and you can't be, you're like worse than Jonathan Coach when, we, when he was brought on to Raw. God, Brad, there's insults I can take, but this is beyond beyond the pale. Well, you know, you should have done your job better. So, Chen, <laughs> what's your star rating on the Women's Money in the Back Ladder match? All right. So, I did miss, like, the first three minutes of this match. You didn't miss much in the first three minutes. So, I would give this 
three three out of five stars. Oh. I was I was really impressed. The what the wrestler who impressed me the most in this match was Ember Moon. It just shows me like how talented she is, and really WWE should get behind her. And I think I did say to you, Broad, yesterday that maybe it's time they stop putting, um, you know, like Naomi and Natalia and any of these older wrestlers who've been in the business for a long time and start pushing the new, younger talent that are coming up. So I I give this also three stars. I, I agree with you, Chan. I think it's a good ladder match. I don't think it's a great ladder match. With regards to your comment about Naomi, uh, first of all, actually, I'm going to touch on Ember Moon. Fantastic. That eclipse to Natalia was beautiful. Probably my highlight of the match. Uh, but yeah, uh, with regards to Naomi in particular, I don't think that's fair because I think she was my MVP of that match. I think she was absolutely brilliant and I oh she's very she, very talented but i think it's just time to you know give the a chance she's not that she, old she, hey yeah but that, she's been that, in the business what for like six seven years now yeah and what she got like one woman's title one, wrestlemania one, one, match one decent one rain champion. one decent rain and it wasn't even that good of a rain so i don't think that's a fair comment if i'm honest okay um, but yeah, I think I think you Naomi, I think Naomi was fantastic in this match, and yeah, I, she was I, great. She was great. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think Ember Moon was great. I think I would love to see Ember Moon has more chances, but I thought Bailey was the right winner here today. Um, I was surprised Bailey won with the whole Sasha thing and everything like that going on, but um, uh, I just I just think maybe it's a. I'm glad Bailey won. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that none of the backstage stuff affected her. I mean, I've been saying this for the past month. Like, weirdly, Bailey's been my favorite thing of SmackDown in over April. I think everything she's done, she's had that little bit more of an edge that made her so watchable in NXT that it's glad to see that finally starting to come through on the SmackDown side of things. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing what she can do as a number one face of the female division on SmackDown. And I'm just, I'm more, I'm more relieved that it wasn't Mandy Rose. That's all I can say. Uh, I think I do wish Sonya Deville was actually in this match herself. But yeah, I do like the spot where Sonya Deville came out and tried to <laughs> lift Mandy Rose up the ladder. Yeah. I, thought that was a, I thought it was a fun little character moment. And I think when Bailey tipped it over, it's just it, it made the victory even much sweeter. So, with that being said, uh, kudos to those two women in their role um, as well. Just at the very end, I think you know. So um, some bits of storytelling goes underrated. So me and Chen were talking about this uh, yep. at the meetup yesterday. Do you think the reason Bailey won this match is because of Sasha throwing a wobbly? The WWE are a really petty company. It would be very much the kind of thing they do if you're in a tag team and one your partner leaves to give you a push as like a fuck you, Sasha. This is what you could have had if you'd stayed. You know, we had big plans for you. Uh, no, no. All right, that's that's that one. <laughs> I still agree with what I said to Sam yesterday. I think it is. I, kudos I, kudos I, to I, Bailey I, for just getting on with it. You I know, think, not I think, showing up to every show and everything like that. Maybe it's a case of they're rewarding Bailey for not being as insolent as Sasha Banks. I think Sasha. I I don't really want to comment on it because I think there's more than meets the eye from both sides. I don't think it's fair to really criticise either WWE or Sasha Banks without knowing the full story, and I don't think we ever will. So, yeah, I as far as I'm concerned, Bailey's a deserved winner, and that's all that matters. 
Yeah, I mean, I, can I rate the winner? Five stars. <laughs> yeah, you can rate the winner five stars. Yeah, I, <laughs> I agree with that sentiment, Sam, and I'm pretty sure Chen does too. So, yeah. All right. So, up next, Rey Mysterio became the United States champion as Samoa Joe suffers death by roll-up, even though he was never pinned and he was bloodied and led to a beatdown. I'm going to ask you for a star rating as a segment, not as a match, just to mix things up a bit. So, Chen, you watched this, Sam. You didn't, but we'll go into the reason why <laughs> in a minute. So, Chen, what's your star rating? Mine is two. I give it no star rating. I give it no star rating. I'm talking about the segment as a whole. So the The segment as a whole. Okay. Yeah. Uh, two star. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I agree. The match was garbage. (laughs) I can't believe. I can't believe they ended it quickly again. Um, the only thing I liked about the match was Joe's psychology with the whole bloody face and everything Mm. like that. The way he just his acting is really on point. Yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah, I I love the Dominic thing. I'm not going to lie, and uh, I hope they do more. And I hope there's a better payoff at the next WWE pay per view, not named Saudi Arabia. Uh, so yeah, Sam, why didn't you see this match? So I watched a little introductiony bit with um with Dominic. I can't believe he's a big boy now, yeah. and Roman Reigns is his stepdad. That's a bit strange. Um, if you missed last week's uh, last week's podcast, we were talking about how someone on Twitter worked out that Roman Reigns is currently Dominic's custodian by winning matches uh, and taking custody from the original match. Anyway, after that little introduction, I thought I've got time while they do their entrances to go and get a drink. So as as um, Ray Mysterio is doing his entrance, I go off to the bar, get a pint, come back, and and like they're introing the next match. So it's like, what's happened? Yeah, it turns out. Everything happened in like the five minutes that I was at the bar. So I did not see this match. Oh dear. I'm sure it was fine. It was, it was a bad, I mean, it wasn't even a match, but you know, interesting segment. That's pretty much all I think we've got to say on that one, lads. So third match on the main card, Shane McMahon showed why he is definitely the best in the world. (laughs) As he beats, the Miz, I did the Greg Hamilton Shane McMahon's hand gesture uh, in a steel cage match. Death by sweaty escape. This was really bad, wasn't it? Yeah, I wanted um, this star match. Star rating. First. Oh, star rating. Go, uh, go across. So, let's, Sam. Let's, let's go. I'll go one and a half, I think. There was... Chad? I'll go one. I'll go one, two, so Sam. Oh, so I rated it highest. I think part of the reason I gave it the extra half star is because I I wanted this match to be good. This is one of the non-money in the bank matches I was kind of excited to see on the card. I, I like Shane McMahon. People always criticise him, but his matches are normally fun. And The Miz is fucking great. Uh, so I was excited to see, you know, this blow off in the cage. And then what I got was like a kind of sweaty mess ending with like just an unnecessary amount of dad bod on display as like a finish. Yeah. It wasn't great. Oh, uh, well, Shane, Shane's not only the best in the world. He is the sexiest. In the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh. Yeah. Chen, what are your thoughts? Why did he give it half a star lower? Um, so like Sam said, I enjoy Shane McMahon's matches, but mm. I just had no interest in this match at all. Uh, Storyline wise after WrestleMania, I was like, I want this, I want them to be done. I want them to go separate ways. Uh, 
I and as like Sam said, the finish was just absolutely bullshit. I was kind of glad when the match was over. That's when I was the happiest when I was watching this match. So yeah, I felt this match was slow, plodding, and awful. I I feel it doesn't cater to Shane McMahon's strength. Shane McMahon is a sort of performer, and I won't use the word professional wrestler that requires these smoke and mirrors of like false count anywhere match. The ones that we saw at WrestleMania, which mm. was really, I mean, bad, but it was really, really fun. And the steel cage match limits that. In my opinion, it's one of my least favorite match types anyway. So yeah, factor in that a horrible escape. Just, yeah, I really didn't like this match. Anyone else have anything to comment on? How, when do they decide how they, when they open the door, you know, in the cage match, they sometimes just open the door like, oh, let's make it easy for a bit. I, when I've when does that get decided? It's, it's a power of telekinesis. I mean, I could believe that when it was like Kane in there or the Undertaker, but Shane is the best in the world, but he's not a wizard. <laughs> he survived a helicopter crash. Like uh, you, you just opened a door for the man. Like, oh, that was it. when he got his powers. He learned to fly then. That was that. No, but if anyone genuinely knows what the actual rules, official wrestling rules, expl- explanation of when they open the door in a cage match is, please oh, tell us on that, Twitter. By the way, that rope break. Bullshit. <laughs> oh, yeah. man, I missed they, they did a rope break. A row, second match in a row where, they, where a referee botched something. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. You couldn't make it up for the zebras. Um so yeah, I just thought I'd point that out over how bad that is. So uh, let's move on, shall we? Yeah. I thought it was really good. Yeah, that's basically it. It's really good. That's all we want. Yeah, that was me reacting to the cruiserweight championship match. Uh, Tony Nice retained the cruiserweight title by beating Aria Davari in a low-key solid match. So first and foremost, gentlemen, your ratings and also. After that, would this make you want to watch 205 Live, Sam? I think I'd give that a solid 3.2, maybe no, three and a half. It was a, ah. a solid, good cruiserweight match. It had lots of flips. I quite like Aria Davari. I hadn't, to be honest, I didn't know too much about either of these guys apart from seeing Tony Nice win the belt at Mania. So, yeah, I thought it was good fun, solid cruiserweight. Would it make me want to watch 205 Live? Um, I mean, I don't watch the other main roster shows very often all the way through, so I don't know why I'd watch that as well. Oh dear. Uh, Chen, what about you? What's your star rating? Yeah, I'll give it uh, three and a half um, stars as well. Um, it was a, I, I'm someone who doesn't obviously follow 205. I said that before. This is not going to make me still tune into 205, but I thought it was a very, very, very good match. And... Um, yeah, but like I said, it's not going to get me interested into tuning 205. I give this three stars. It's not like a Buddy Murphy level of a cruiserweight championship match, which is a shame. And of course, I also want to see Davari win just because he's Iranian and I think getting that Saudi Arabian heat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would have actually given up on my moral principles to watch that match if he had a cruiserweight title match at Super Showdown. But... It's a shame he didn't win. I think Davari's a great heel, and I think Tony Nese is a very bland face. Um, and, uh, yeah. With that being said, I thought it was a pretty good match on the whole. Loads of near near finishes and false finishes, should I say. And I really loved Davari's entrance as well with the car. I think that was uh, underrated. Oh, yeah. like In the spirit of Eddie Guerrero. So I quite like that. 
Didn't they both get kind of cool entrances? I missed the Tony Nese entrance, so... I, I, I didn't, but I can't remember what it was, so it can't have been that cool. Chen, you, can you, you remember? No, I only saw Divari's entrance. I, I did have a few um, a few drinks. Well, look, I was sober, so... <laughs> two double gin and tonics for £10, mate. That's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Um, I think during this match, I had to tell somebody that they weren't peppercorns in the gin and tonic. It was juniper berries, but <sighs> it might have been me. Oh God, that was me and all. That was you. That was you. <laughs> I mean, I don't listen to me. I say all kinds of stupid shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> never forget the fact that you thought the six one nine was. Oh, the, the, I'm never going to live that San down. Anyway, I think we get off topic. Does anyone <laughs> want to add anything else before we move on? Oh, nope. Nope. Okay. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's move on. So um, I got some reactions, some live reactions to the finish for Becky versus Lacey. First of all, Brod, I asked you your opinion. Uh, it was a fine match. Just, again, another botched ending for Becky Lynch. And uh, that one's on the referee, though. I mean, both of them were on the referee, but yeah, it was... that was bad. So bad. Uh, then, obviously, I asked Chen for his opinion as well. I wanted the match to end in a DQ, so that way Lacey could um, stay strong still. Okay, still so strong. Disappointing for you, then. Disappointing finish. And then, obviously, last but not least, uh, Jason, who couldn't be with us, but he is in spirit. Um, more about the ending, was that a deliberate, let's be controversial and have Becky get a strange not pin from Lacey? Is that almost going to be like a deliberate thing they're going to refer to? Or was, yeah. that, or was the referee just a complete fucking idiot? Kind That's of the fit, question. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> I was enjoying the match until then. So you didn't get any recording of us reacting to Bailey? Um, n- no. No, I, I didn't get any recordings of the actual exciting things that happened uh, oh god i mean i, I miss, think I, I miss chris and i never thought i'd say this uh, <laughs> i miss producer chris i'm look i'm not what are you doing, <laughs> he's what are you doing? professional my i'm doing my fucking best all right listen what this happened post got off the rails and <laughs> brought you in God damn it, pal. I'm going to make it up. I'm going to make it up. But, but, um, I think what happened was, after I talk, finished talking to Jason, we both saw Charlotte coming down to the ring. And what? then I was just so away with like, okay, maybe, you know, Lacey versus Becky wasn't that bad if all this good stuff is going to happen. Yeah. Okay. So, <sighs> excuses, excuses. But yeah, so <laughs> let's get let's get our reaction now to the trifecta of women's matches you saw. I'm just going to clump this all together because all of this lasted under 15 minutes of match time. That's how uh, limited these women got. So Becky Lynch, of course, beat Lacey Evans to retain the Raw Women's Championship in controversial sh- fashion. Charlotte would then come out, beat Becky Lynch to win the SmackDown Women's title in even less time. And then Bailey would come out after Be- uh, Charlotte and uh, Lacey Evans delivered a beatdown. Bailey came out to chase it away, knocked out Charlotte, and then cashed in Money in the Bank to become the number one face of SmackDown and obviously the SmackDown Women's Champion. So what I'm going to ask, guys, is three-star ratings. And we'll go across the room first before giving our thoughts because Sam loves to spew off <laughs> uh so star rating for becky versus Lacey, becky versus charlotte and the bailey moment guys so three star ratings sam give it um i think becky versus Lacey, two out of five charlotte versus becky will go with three three and a half out of five uh it was all right 
didn't blow my mind. And then the Bailey moment, I think four out of five, that was my biggest moment of the night, I think. It wasn't a perfect wrestling moment, so I'm not going to give it five. But yeah, I think that was a solid four. All right, so Becky versus Lacey, I'll give it three out of five. Charlotte versus Becky, I'll give it three out of five. And Bailey cashing in, five out of five. Okay, uh, I'll be interested to hear more your thoughts in the second, Chen. I give, I, I agree with Chen. I think Becky Lynch versus AC Evans was good, so three out of five. Becky versus Charlotte was one out of five for me, and Bailey Cashin was three out of five. So, uh, so can, can I just can we go back just for a second? You mentioned about it was only fifteen minutes. This whole segment was only fifteen minutes. Not, not, not the whole segment. Sorry, the complete match first, time. So, oh, the, but that's but, still for both matches. Yeah. So Man, the wow. first match was like eight minutes ten, I think. The second match was six minutes forty, which Man. just. Man. I think the cash was like forty-five seconds or something like that, but. Yeah, it's, if it's not under 15 minutes, or just over 15 minutes. It's really bad considering they think Becky Lynch is the face of the company right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, your two top women's division titles and like three of your top women stars getting, you know, piss breaks worth of time on the screen. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's uh, genuinely bad. I thought Becky Lynch versus Lacey Evans did really well considering we haven't seen much of Lacey Evans on the main roster. I, I got to be honest. I thought that match was good and surpassed my expectations. I didn't mu- expect much from Lacey Evans considering what I saw of her in NXT was she's good, but she's developing. So I was really impressed. Uh, it's a three out of five because it wasn't anything beyond good, but I think there's a lot more to come from Lacey. That Charlotte match though. I'm not sure how you gave that three and a half, Sam. I, I'm not sure how you gave that three and a half. That Charlotte match was rubbish. Charlotte, I got quite into Charlotte, it. Charlotte winning a 10th championship. I mean that's bad in itself. I, I, but it's just the match itself is boring. I mean, N- name anything memorable in that match. Yeah, no, Lacey that's from Lacey Evans coming out and punching Becky in the throat. That's literally what I was hoping when I started saying that sentence. I said the words I mean. I was hoping my brain would be like, "Here's the thing you remembered about that match," but it didn't do that. So it. It can't have been that good. I just remember enjoying it more than the Lacey Evans match. But now that you've got me on the spot, Brod, I couldn't tell you why. <laughs> Maybe good. it's just my prejudices against Lacey Evans. I think so. I think your prejudice against Mini Charlotte. <laughs> uh, so, Chen, why would you give this cash in five out of five? Well, like I said, I was surprised. I was surprised that Bailey kind of did win the money in the bank with the whole controversy with the whole Sasha thing and everything. But I, I, I just, I just didn't expect Becky to lose. Uh, first of all, a title in general to one of these. Women. I thought she'd still be called Becky two belts. Yeah. And then when she lost to Charlotte and I was like, Oh God damn it. And then, <laughs> then for Charlotte to lose it within 20, 30 seconds, I, I did not see that happening. Her, some, Charlotte winning the title and then losing it straight away. Yeah. And then just the way Bailey was celebrating with the fans and everyone was super happy for her and everything like that. Like it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. It just came out of nowhere. I think I think the celebration was great. I think my issue with it and the reason why I gave three out of five is not so much Bailey winning itself. Like I I mean, I'm over the moon that Bailey has won. 
I just wish she had a bit longer time before the cash-in. And I think part of that stems to the fact that they did the exact same thing with Alexa Bliss last year, where Alexa Bliss won it. Uh, you know, the women's money back was the first ladder match yeah, of the yeah, night, yeah. and she would go in and cash it on Nia Jax. It felt like the exact same moment. It's very copy and paste. And for me, it just says they don't know what to do with a women's money in the bank ladder match winner. Uh, I think that's what it screams to me. I think it's just lazy, if I'm honest. You could say that, but I like the whole psychology of when Becky had her first match with Lacey. She's about to leave the she's about to leave the arena, not leave the arena, but leave this just go backstage. And then Charlotte comes down, you see her Becky's face. And oh everything. no, that's good. Yeah, that's I like good. that. I, I did I don't, like. I don't see that passion, part of the cashing. Like the bit after is just like. And then, ah. He's won it already. And then oh, okay. Lacey Evans interfering, uh, making Becky lose to Charlotte, and then Bailey coming to the rescue and being up Evans and Charlotte and then cashing in, you know. Yeah. I I will say this. Hopefully, you know It involves four good women, this storyline now. Becky, Bailey, Charlotte, and Lacey. Yeah, I mean it does with the wildcard rule. I yeah. I see how it plans out. I mean I'm hopeful because, you know, I really rate Bailey as a wrestler. So there's that. I just didn't feel like it's another Money in the Bank pay-per-view. It's like three of the last four Money in the Bank pay-per-views had one cash-in. They had Dean Ambrose in 2016, Alexa Bliss last year, now Bailey this year. And I think could just, you know, rein it in, guys. You know, you can have two Money in the Bank winners. It's possible. They've done it with Baron Corbin and Carmella in 2017. So they Maybe can't. that's what they're trying to avoid. Carmella had the briefcase for ages. Yeah, but they did it. So Seth Rollins had it for ages. He cashed in at WrestleMania. Oh yeah, that's true. So yeah, yeah. I think we're going to agree to disagree on this one. It's quite interesting how we all have different opinions. Uh, so yeah, let's move on to Roman versus Elias, shall we? Again, some technical difficulties means I only have Jason, but in a way that's quite good because he's not here. So here's Jason's opinion on the Roman Reigns versus Elias match. I thought it was very well done, but Roman Reigns did not get an entrance, so he couldn't be booed, and they just had him come in hot. Yeah. And, and it was a second very short match on the show, one move and done. I was hoping Elias was going to win that, and they were going to extend it. They buried Elias again. They buried Elias again. Hmm. Well, Roman did beat Elias in short fashion with one spear after Elias hits Roman backstage with guitar. Comedy segment in the ring with Elias. Elias goes to leave, and then Roman comes out with a Superman punch and beats on Elias very quickly. So, because of this... I'm going to be nicer and say let's give a rating for the entire segment than the match since the comedy I think was good. So I'm going to start and say it was a three-star segment because Elias is very good at entertaining. Yeah, I was going to say the same. I think it's it's definitely a solid three segment. The match was disappointing, but Elias's shtick was great. What about you, Chen? So because we're, we're not just judging the match, we're judging yeah. the whole segment, I say four stars. Ah, Since the great. beginning of Roman walking and then Elias creeping behind him, hitting with the guitar, doing his solo act. I loved all of that. Yeah. I I disagree with Jason in the sense that I don't think it's a burial. Elias is a mid-carder. Elias doesn't need to be pushed any further than no. he is. He's, he's very good at what he does and just keep it that way. And I think this this match serves as a great reset before the Universal Championship match, which we'll discuss next. So I think this yeah. does its job. It's serviceable. It's not one of the great Elias segments, so I wouldn't give it four. But um, 
I think, you know, if you give it four, fair enough, Chan. <laughs> I'm not going to argue against you. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Uh, Elias doesn't really need the win. He is still great. I think it's telling that in that the Belushi's bar we were in, it's about 30 of us in there. When Elias came out and said, uh, turn off your cell phones, hold your applause and shut your mouths, we all did. Every single person there, complete silence, glued to the TV, listening to what he was saying. You mm. don't need to win a match to get that kind of like that kind of power, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, there's nothing wrong with being in Elias's position. He's a future mid-card champion or 24-7 champion. I can't believe that's a thing. <laughs> oh, dear God. Uh, <laughs> we'll probably discuss that next week, actually. Uh, so, yeah, let's move on to something a bit better in terms of wrestling, and that's the Universal Championship match. Cool. So uh, I was able to, despite technical difficulties and uh, inebriation difficulties, capture me and Brod having a little chat about Stars versus Rollins. So here's that clip now. So, Brod, that match was good. Yes, it was. <laughs> all right. That'll do. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, it was unsurprisingly good. I thought two of the best wrestlers in the world having one of the best wrestling matches in the world. I didn't see Johnny Gargano or Tommaso Ciampa there. Oh. I'm joking, of course, I'm joking. Two of the best main roster wrestlers in the world. So there we go, a bit of qualification there. And then I also took the time to catch up with Chen. Um, and, and this is his thoughts here. I enjoyed that match very, very much. I'm surprised um, AJ lost cleanly, but I'm, I'm, I'm just really happy with that. How that I, match I thought that was a burnstormer, mate. So uh, there you go. I think my yeah. position's pretty clear. Yeah, I, I, I think you pretty much hated it, Sam. No, <laughs> a joke, of course. So just like last Money in the Bank pay-per-view, uh, I felt this, uh, this Money in the Bank pay-per-view actually picked up in the last three matches and. Uh, it definitely started with a bang as Seth Rollins defeated AJ Styles to retain the Universal Championship. I'm going to ask your star ratings. Will there be a five for this one? Sam, your star rating first. So as I pointed out earlier, I can't give it a five because that would mean it would be the perfect wrestling match. So uh, I'm going to say 4.2. It was definitely the match of the night, no doubt. 4.2, not 4.25. Okay. Uh, four and one fifth star for Sam. <laughs> Jen, what about you? I'm going to give it 4.5. Yeah, 4.5. Oh, wow. Very, very good. And I am going to give it... I'm going to give it four, four to... Yeah, you know what? I'm going to give it four and a half. I'm going to give it four and a half. I think... Uh, I think it was a great match. Uh, it surprised me, weirdly, considering that AJ Styles hasn't had a great run recently. Yeah, they could have definitely phoned this one in, uh, and I was a little bit worried about that. But yeah, no, they they smashed it. Yeah, yeah, I I I don't really have much more to say. I just think it's uh, it, it's always incredible how Seth Rollins always gets you invested with the amount of false finishes he has. We should expect it by now, but oh mate. Yeah, uh, the false yeah. finishes in this one. I was so convinced Seth was going to win because uh, that's the obvious choice. But there were so many times like he was kicking out at two point nine 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 nine, like so reliably. I, I will say this: so that curb stomp reversal into the Styles Clash is oh. going to be one of the most beautiful things I've seen. Yeah. I, in fact, I think it's probably the best reversal of the stomp since that Arkea at WrestleMania thirty-one. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that was that was the move of the night without a doubt for me uh, in terms of just that was just beyond brilliant and I think the finish itself yeah I, I I mean 
arguably it's the main roster of the match of the year so far. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to disagree with that. I don't think I've seen another one that would fit that fit that oh, candidate. I mean, you could say Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, but apart from that, no, I think this match was better. So it, yeah. that match, don't get me wrong, that match was also incredible, but this match I think was better. What about you, Chan? This is the yeah, I agree. This is the number one match so far this year. Number one overall across every single wrestling promotion in the no, world. In WWE. In WWE. Even though it... Does that it may roster level. I think we kind of gathered it was WWE's main roster. Yeah. I I think Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan was better just because of the storytelling aspect of it. I wasn't emotionally invested in this match as much. So, you know... It didn't have a story to it, and I think that's what drags it down from set. Because if it had the story element to it, then I'd probably give this match five. Uh, I'm not. I'm happy to give out a five star rating for an excellent match. It doesn't have to be perfect, but yeah, this is really, really good. And I think if this had a better story going to it, I would have had even more emotional investment. Uh, but apart from that, yeah, I I really have no complaints. Brilliant match. All right, solid. In my role as on-site reporter, I did capture one very brief conversation between me and Jason about the Owens versus Kingston match. Uh, so here that clip is now. Right, Jason, I thought that finish was bullshit. What did you think? Yeah, that finish was a bit crap. I was really enjoying the match, and that finish just seemed a bit out of nowhere after some really good spots. It makes Kevin Owens look a bit weak, I think. Yeah, I thought he looked like a beast until the finish, and then they fucked it. Yeah, I mean, okay, he lands on Kofi's knees, and then he eats the, what do they call it now, the Trouble in Paradise. Yeah, yeah, Trouble in Paradise. But, I don't know, I don't mean he was going to kick out. He didn't have shoes on, it can't have connected properly. When did he lose his shoes? Did I miss that? Oh, Kevin took him off. Anyway. Smart hill work. Yeah, very smart, exactly. So... Uh, as mentioned in the clip, Kofi Kingston defeated Kevin Owens in another barnstorder of a world title match. Co- Kingston is still your WWE champion, but did this suffer from audience fatigue after Ron Styles and also a questionable finish? Sam, how would you rate this match out of five? I think I would rate the first 90% of the match like a solid 3.5 to a four. I thought it was a very good match. But they're both really good at wrestling, both lads. Mm. Uh, but then I thought the finish was really like, OK, Kevin goes for the frog splash. Kofi gets his knees up. Fine. Then Kingston hits the, the trouble in paradise kick. But he's Kevin's already taken his shoes off as like a now you can't hit me as hard kind of thing. But he still goes down for it. That didn't make sense to me. Mm. I thought that was kind of made Kevin Owens look weird, weirdly weak. OK, fair enough. Chan. So I thought... I thought um, I, I agree with what you said. I think fatigues did start to set in, but then I thought when it, when you just look at the match, it's I'll, it's okay match. Yeah, the finish wasn't really that great. It was just stupid. But I think overall, it, I'll probably give it two and a half. Wow, that bad. Yeah. Wow. As in, I'm a massive fan of Kevin Owens as well. But when I saw it, I was just like. Oh, I don't know if it's just fatigue and stuff, but I just thought, eh. Yeah, I give this three and three quarters. I really like this match. I I kind of see why people were upset with the finish in the sense that, you know, you think, ah, oh, taking the shoes off must mean the 
the finisher is weaker. But if anything, I think it protects Kofi's finisher, which is something that he needs. And I think the trouble in Paradise, uh, at least in tag team competition, has always been a well-protected move since he joined the New Day back in 2015. So it kind of makes sense that Kevin doesn't kick out straight away. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure where they're going to go from here. I think that's my question now because Kevin Owens is clearly the number one heel on the SmackDown roster. I think the next number one contender is Randy Orton. And I think that's my question is like, who's next? I think they've wasted an opportunity not extending this feud out a bit further because they could have really made this into a good blood feud. And I think it's a wasted opportunity. But that's my real complaint more than the match itself. I think the match is very... Very hard hitting. Um, it's proof that Kevin Owens is a really good wrestler, in my opinion. But let's go back to you, Chen. Two and a half. Ooh, why so low? It wasn't that. It wasn't an average match. It's surely above average, right? I mean, I don't know. I when I, I just wasn't impressed, and I'm a big Kevin Owens fan. Mm. But to me, I just wasn't impressed at all. For some do, reason. Do you think you suffered from fatigue after Seth Rollins versus AJ, which is always going to be a match that's hard to live up to afterwards? I think so. That could probably be the reason. Mm, that was a hard match to follow. Fair enough. So I'm going to go to you, Sam. You said the first 90% was three and a half to four start. Would you reduce that rating given the finish? <sighs> Yeah, I think I I just didn't like I didn't like the finish. I, it just felt like I know. Yeah, the the trouble in paradise is a well protected finisher, and, and yeah, it, it normally does put people down. But like, yeah, not having the shoes on, I thought that was like a good way of getting Kev to kick out of it at least once, or or yeah, to have a more impactful feeling, a more final finish. But maybe this isn't the end of that feud, and that's why they went with with that. I d- I don't know. But yeah, yeah, I thought it was okay. Kev did some top Kevin in this, you know, problems yeah, to the I, apron yelling. I think if Kevin Owens doesn't continue this feud, then it's a fine way to end the rivalry. Uh, if the feud continues tonight on SmackDown, we're recording on a Tuesday, by the way, then I think I think uh, fans have the right to complain slightly because you think, well, you just made Kevin look slightly weaker than he actually is. But... Uh, overall, I really enjoyed the match more than you guys, it appears. So uh, that's a shame. That's a shame I, you don't, don't feel the same way. Don't get me wrong. I, it's not that I didn't enjoy the match. I just didn't like the finish. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's move on to the main event. So I, by this point in the night, guys, I had worked out how my equipment worked and I managed to capture all three of you guys giving your opinions on the men's money in the bank ladder match. So, first up, here's Jason's very loud and passionate opinion. Ali, why did you stop grabbing the briefcase, you fucking Mate, idiot? Why did you, you stop? Has he seen a ladder match before? He was there, he was holding it, and he thought, I'll just stop from it and look at Brock Lesnar. Why? Idiots, man. So, very, very passionate about Ali's stupid decision. I mean, why don't wrestling people know how to unhook stuff? Anyway, here's Chen. So I sadly knew the end of this match because of Instagram by accident. I clicked on Instagram. Uh, I had the same thing, mate. So, oh, but I, I, I loved how that, well, as soon as Brock ran down, he knocked a ladder, knocked half the camera crew over. <laughs> so there was that. Uh, and then last but not least, possibly the most enthusiastic amongst us, uh, here's Brod's powerful view. Brock is back and I love it. I love this ending. 
Brock is great. Brock is great. Brock is awesome. This is awesome. Makes up for him. Ladder match. That was good. Yeah. Brock is awesome. So, uh, <laughs> wow. I, I guess what, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't have a single alcoholic drink. Uh, yeah. Brock Lesnar is Mr. Money in the Bank, as you heard in the audio clips, uh, at the expense of Ali and six other competitors. Sami Zayn was taken out of the match earlier on by mysterious means. The world hates Brock Lesnar. I love Brock Lesnar. Uh, I will say this. I thought the match was better than good. I think I was just more in shock of Brock's return. But what are your thoughts, gentlemen? Let's get your star ratings first before we go into opinions. Sam, just a star rating, please. Just a star rating. Just a star rating this time. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, a four, I think. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Uh, what about you, Jan? I'm going to go for a four as well. Yeah, I'm going to go four as well. I feel it was a really good match. Uh, I think everyone had their spots. Finn Balor was my MVP. Uh, just the amount of insane back bumps he's done onto ladders. I, the guy deserves uh, quite a few rests yeah. and quite a few uh, ibuprofen after that one. He's going to be hurting. Did you see there. the supercut he posted on Twitter? It's amazing. It looks brutal. Yeah, I posted it on my Instagram story. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, put, he put good morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. So, yeah, Brock Lesnar, guys. I mean, I shouldn't have been surprised with the Saudi Arabia show coming. I think he's always going to show up near in any pay-per-view that's near the Saudi Arabia show. Near the money. Yeah, um, it was weird seeing Brock climb a ladder. He looked really kind of like uncomfortable climbing yeah. the ladder at first. Do you think he's like Devon style, uh, scared of heights, like secretly scared of heights? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, Seth so, Rollins should challenge into a ladder match. I, I what I what I want to know right is in the lead up to ladder matches. Presumably, if you're a wrestler, in the lead up to matches, you study your opponents and you also study past matches of that stipulation. In kayfabe, this is so you're getting ready. So why don't they in the performance center gym just get them to practice with the buckle that's hanging up the briefcase so that they can do it quickly? And also, why don't they do drills where they just climb up ladders really fast? Because it's like whenever a wrestler gets to one, they're like. Oh no, what's this? I've never seen one of these before. Uh, log- it's wrestling logic, Sam. I know, know it, I know it's not, it is. It's not real logic. Uh, Man, it, you know, yeah. It's there to increase the dramatic tension. It's like climbing a mountain. So here's, a, here's a, another genuine, this is a genuine question and not just me being silly. I thought Brock Lesnar appearing in the match was kind of actually cool but why couldn't he have just been in the match from the beginning? Why did they have to? Why doesn't he have to participate in the entire match to win it? One and and yeah, what would be the downside from having him be the surprise entrant before the match starts? Um, I don't care. Brock's back. I'm I'm with Sam. It would have been <laughs> cool to see Brock in a ladder match. Yeah. I like. It would have been cool to see him F5 people onto ladders and suplex them onto ladders. Yeah, exactly. And let's see if he was willing to take a bump on a ladder. Yeah. I th- I think he would have because yeah. he put through announce tables and he's not afraid to get like really physical. I mean, he's, he's an ex UFC fighter. He can take a beating. Yeah, so, exactly. And he does people like for all his flaws and stuff, he definitely yeah. does sell. He's not afraid to make yeah. other people look like they've hurt him. That's, yeah. Agree- that's true. Yeah. Agreed. I think, um, yeah, 
I'm not sure how I'd book Brock Lesnar in the beginning of the match because it's not his forte, but what I'd have is ham have him like F five everyone repeatedly and go full suplex city and then all seven gang up on Brock, put him through a table and then have him like rise out of the ashes and come back and just tip Ali over and you could have had that. So you could have written Brock out for most of the match. Yeah. I think that would have probably made more sense, but having Brock win. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I seen the clip from raw. I seen the clip from raw and I think actually it's really intriguing because you actually given him a championship, but not the championship. You know what mm. I'm saying? So you actually have the money in the bank, like the universal title. So if Brock does go away, you're going to be wondering what he's going to do when he comes back. So actually, this could be a really good money in the bank. So you don't actually have it like, you know, for me, money in the bank is kind of an overdone concept. So with the money in the bank briefcase being absence, you, you're allowing for other storylines and you're allowing for a bigger shock value when you cash it in. Yeah, so that's it's true. Not, so if it's think... not being cashed in at Saudi Arabia. I think there's real potential for some good story in this. And I think it allows Brock to get over with the fans in a way that he's been lacking because his universal championship reign, I don't think is his fault, but has been pretty well, poor. Yeah. So, yeah. Nobody well, gets I mad think... if the briefcase holder doesn't show up on Raw, right? Eh? I mean, exactly. I think it's going to be a failed cash in. Oh. On, on any of the champions. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to cash it in to have a match and he'll fail to win. I'm not. I don't know. Mm. I don't think. I don't think he's a type that would lose. I. I think one thing I heard that was interesting is that he might cash it in when SmackDown goes to Fox in the very first episode. Oh yeah, that would be a big one. But yeah. I, I definitely think he's not going to do the honourable baby face like oh, I'm going to use my briefcase to have a match with you at the next pay per view. He's going to do the heel but cash in where after someone's had a match or like as a surprise you run in and you cash it in right then and there. That's the kind of cashing Brock Lesnar's going to do. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, it has to be heel. It's Brock Lesnar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, any other thoughts on this match? Like, um, I will say this, Chen, actually. Baron Corbin had a good bit at the end. Yeah, he was amazing in the match. Yeah, even he I thought really he had good. a good even, match, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think all seven of them had a really good match. I th- we're talking about too much about Brock Lesnar. I just really want to say all seven had a really good match. Finn Balor, as I mentioned, was my MVP. But Andrade was awesome. Ali was awesome. Drew McIntyre clearing house was brilliant. And yeah, Baron Corbin's little bit where he's like deep sixing and, you know, hitting the end of days and everyone was pretty sick too. So... What about yeah, Randy that, Orton? What do you think about oh, Randy Orton's participation Randy was, in the match? I thought Randy was really good, actually. I thought Randy was forgettable. Yeah, I've, I have forgotten what he did in the match. Because I was going to yeah. say, yeah, I don't think there was a dud person in this match, was there? Like, normally there's a random older guy. But no, Randy Orton was that yeah. for me. He didn't take away from the match, but I don't think he added anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think calling him a dud's unfair. Uh, Maybe a little. If he's a dud, I mean, Dana Brooks a dud. I mean, she was bad in the women's match. You know, if you're talking duds, then Randy that, Orton's that, not that, necessarily bad. Rand, Rand, oh. I thought Randy Orton, you know, like he was very good. I mean, he was very good in the in- open of the match. Like it's, it, I think everything just tends to get overshadowed by Brock Lesnar at this point. I think that's the only downside to having Brock win is it kind of overshadows what the other seven men did, which was just you know 
wrestle their hearts out. Um, but yeah, I think I think overall this was a really good match. Yeah, that's true. They did that to put over a guy who wasn't even in most of the match. So credit to them. Yeah. So let's go overall grade for the show. Uh, what I mean by grade, typically uh, away from star. This is not a star rating. This is a letter grade. So a from A plus down to F, excluding E. So the American grading system, A, B, C, D, F. You're allowed to add a plus or minus to that. So Sam, what's what's your overall grade? I thought this was a B plus pay-per-view, which is kind of where I expected it to fall. You know, solid, not a big four, but actually, all in all, it was a good night. Yep, fair, fair enough. Chan? B plus as well. No, okay, and I give this a B. I enjoyed the show a lot more than I expected to. I think stories handling was a bit of an issue, which marks it down a tiny bit for me. So one last question. It's going to be a double whammy of a question. What was your match of the night and your MVP? Uh, let's go with Sam again. Uh, match of the night is definitely Styles versus Rollins. Like that was definitely the best match. And MVP Finn Balor for punishing his back that much. I think. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. What about you, Chen? Yeah, um, match of the night was definitely AJ versus Rollins. Um, MVP is either between Balor or Bailey. You have to pick one. You have to and pick I'm going to go with Balor. The punishment he put on his body, he yes. deserves it. Fair enough. Yeah, I think that's a credible MVP. I also agree with you, gentlemen, that AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins was match of the night. I was going to joke Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio, but I just can't bring myself to do it. So that's my match of the night. I'm. I was going to say Finn Balor, but you know what? I'm going to do what Chen couldn't say. Bailey's the MVP. You know she deserves it. Pleased to see her on top of uh, SmackDown Women's division. So congrats and all that. So. Thanks, gentlemen, for your review of Money in the Bank. Up next is our preview of AEW Double or Nothing. Arguably the biggest show outside of WWE is happening this week in Las Vegas, Nevada, as new promotion All Elite Wrestling are looking to set the world alight with a new brand of professional wrestling. We'll be giving our thoughts on what we are looking forward to, who could steal the show, and more on the pack versus page controversy that has clouded double or nothing. But first and foremost, gentlemen, uh, what match are you looking forward to most on the card? I'm going to start with you, Chan, since I started with Sam for pretty much most of the Money in the Bank review. Well, the match I'm looking the most forward to is the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros. Ooh. I'm a big fan okay. of all four of these men, and I just think what, you know... The, I like you know when you when you want to watch a tag match these days, I always say look for something that the young bucks are in, mm-hmm. because WWE doesn't know how to do a tag match properly, especially the main roster. What the hell is that coming? I'm I'm sorry, no, I'm not I'm not allowing that. You should watch the NXT. But That's okay. why I just said anything on the main roster apart from NXT. Oh, even then, I I disagree. Like I've got plenty of examples, but go on. And um, you know Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho too. I, I mean the first one was good, so I can't see why this one wouldn't be, be worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean they're, they're oh, wow. both very talented guys. So yeah, well, okay, fair enough. So Sam, uh, what what's what do you think it could be your match of the night, or what match are you looking 
poor too much. So I, I'm, I kind of, I think I'm with Chen. I'm quite excited to see the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers because they're both excellent tag teams. I think that's going to be a good old, solid kind of um, introduction to that kind of Lucha style. Uh, but I'm also uh, kind of a sleeper is the Cody versus Dustin match. I'm kind of looking forward to that in a weird way as well. I think, I, I think uh, Cody versus Dustin could make a very interesting story, which is something that I think this card is lacking a tiny bit. Yeah, exactly. But, but I have to agree with both of you guys. I am really looking forward to the tag team match between the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers for the AAA World Tag Team titles. I think uh, I think Lucha Brothers have produced some of the fan- most fantastic stuff on Impact in the past year with their work with the new LAX and uh, Ohio versus everything in Sammy Callahan. Uh, I think Young Bucks... I've always said the Young Bucks are not my cup of tea, but whenever they do something really good, like with Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi last year, or when I saw one of my favorite independent tag team matches of all time is uh, them versus Candice LeRae and Joey Ryan. So when they when they hit for me, they really do something great, and I think this could be a really fantastic match, and I cannot wait to see what these guys do. I, I'm predicting this now. Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers is going to be five stars. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the Young Bucks, they kind of know their audience. So a lot of the time when you watch a Young Bucks match, you just get their greatest hits. Like they do more bang for your buck and then they hit the Meltzer driver and then that's the end of the match. But when they want to, they can really put it out of the bag. Yeah, and I think they're going to want to consider it's their own promotion. Yeah, so exactly. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that match. And I, I'm also a chain like Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. That I mean... Omega and Jericho sell themselves really well. You don't really need to say much beyond that. So one thing that I will say that's a bit of a concern for me, just focus on negative, is that the women's matches are lacking a bit of star power. That's my opinion. I'm not sure about what you guys think. Um, for those who are not up to speed, there's two women's matches in the card. Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose versus Kylie Ray in a three-way match. And then there's a six-women tag team match. With Audrey Kong, Yuka Sakazaki, oh, if I apologise for getting this wrong, oh, I'm sorry, and Imai Sakura versus... Emi, Emi Sakura. Emi Sakura versus Hikaru Shida, Riho, and Ryo Mizunami. Uh, it's not really standing out to me. I like Britt Baker, but that's about it. I mean, I, I would say these competitors are kind of like... Like almost all women's indie wrestlers, unfortunately, they're kind of like, if you know, you know. If you know of them, you know how good they are. Aja Kong is really good. Emi Sakura is legitimately a Japanese wrestling legend. But because obviously kind of women's wrestling outside of the WWE and Impact now doesn't really get much attention. Most people haven't heard of them, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel kind of blessed living in London in the sense that you do get to see some of these talents uh, whenever possible. But yes, yeah, I think I kind of struggle. If I'm if I'm being honest with myself, I kind of struggle with North American talents in particular because I don't see many coming across here. So, no so I may, think... may, maybe maybe I'm wrong in thinking they lack star power, but eh. I'll be interested to see Kylie Ray though. Apparently, she's going to be tipped to the AEW's equivalent of Bailey. I think she's definitely got the kind of the personality for that for sure. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So I think that. Even like even though you lot said it's true, they like the star power. I mean, I don't know half these female wrestlers. Yeah. This is the chance to showcase the world what 
who they are, what they're capable of, and this is their opportunity. All eyes are going to be on them. Yeah. And I think it'll be a solid. I I think it'll be a proper solid women's match. Yeah, I think so too. Like I I think and may, maybe even better than some of the men's matches. We'll see. Oh yeah, definitely. There's I'm I mean, you know, I I I and I have no doubts about their talent whatsoever. I think you know, um, for as much as you know, I can be critical of Cody and the Young Bucks at times because you know they're not they're not my biggest cup of tea. I think they have very good taste in what makes a good wrestling match. And I think, you know, I, I'm very, I'm very interested to see how the three-way match goes. I am looking forward to that match a lot, despite, you know, quote unquote, a lack of star power. But yeah, I, I think you're right, Chen. I think that's the right way of thinking about it. So hopefully they, hopefully stars will be made out of this match and hopefully continuing on, they'll uh, climb that uh, ladder. So to speak, I have no idea what I was fucking saying, to be honest. But yeah, I hope they do really well. I think that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, um, moving on. There's going to be, is there going to be any like special guests coming in? Is there going to be a John Moxie coming in or anybody else? Who's going to show up? I could see there being, because in the Casino Battle Royale, you've yep. got basically what is definitely going to form part of the hardcore division for AEW. Jimmy Havoc's in there. Joey Janela's in there. I could see, like, uh, oh, not all of the entrants are confirmed either. So I could see a John Moxley at number 21 kind of surprise, maybe. Yeah. I don't think he's going to involve himself in a match, but I could see there being, like, a, a moment in the Battle Royale, maybe, like, an eyes-locked kind of moment, something like that. Yeah, I'm hoping that's with Jimmy Havoc. Yeah, mate. Moxley versus Havoc is, I mean, that's going to be a match yeah, if it but, happens. Yeah. I mean, is there anybody else? Like, is there Sean? I can think of one. I can yeah, think of one. And yeah. that's Ty Dillinger. So Sean Spears. Yeah. Yeah, he's not Ty friends. He's good friends with um, Cody, so... Yeah, I'm not... Oh, when was he released? Because he might have that 90 days no-compete clause, which would, might rule him out. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I mean, I think he was released just after the Royal Rumble, so he should be fine. But I think that might be a potential issue. I'm not sure. I've, yeah, he could be one. I think Austin Aries could be one. So I just quickly Googled it. Ty Dillinger was released on February 22nd. So I think he'll be cleared yeah, he'll be by fine. double or nothing. Yeah, he'll be fine. That's well within 90 days. Uh, well, after 90 days. It'll be 96 days. <laughs> uh, that'd be a guess if I got that correct. Um, yeah, I think Austin Aries could be part of the show. He's from Las Vegas. Uh you know, he's teased it, I think, on Twitter that he could be a part of the show. And I think it could be very interesting if he is included. They need they need all the names that they can possibly get. And yeah, being sure. XW would help. Um, so, yeah, that's my thoughts. So we've already mentioned what match we're looking forward to the most. Who could steal the show? That's the question I want to know. Which individual could steal the show? I think Dustin Rhodes could steal the show. I think that Cody versus Dustin match is going to be emotional. And I, I think, you know, say what you like about Gold Dust. He is pretty good at wrestling, even though kind of he's been relegated to a comedy character in, in WWE. This could be his his last big, you know, his retirement, not retirement, but like the match everyone remembers him for outside of WWE, you know? Yeah. What about you, Chan? 
I think one of the women's matches will still will be very surprising, most talked about. Is any any woman standing out to you in particular? Um, That's my um, wrestler. Yeah, <laughs> good answer. He's covering for the fact that he's looking it up on Wikipedia to see what what the names are. Whereas true professionals like me load the article up in the segment before this, so it's already up on my screen. It's already up on my screen too. Oh come on, Chan. <laughs> <laughs> You're keeping us in, by the way. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've I think Nyla Rose, maybe. I was thinking Nyla Rose. I think you know. I mean, we all know the controversy surrounding Nyla Rose. I don't think it's controversial myself. You identify, mm. uh, you know, you identify that way, and I think that's all grand. But unfortunately, not everybody thinks the same way that I do and other people do. But I think you know given the opportunity she could really steal the show and I think you know it's some it's something different in women's wrestling which is what I kind of yeah, like exactly and it's yeah. fucking wrestling as well like it, it's not a real competition all it's the most important thing is can you it's tell a, a predetermined story? competition do oh, not yeah. say it's not, boo it's still they're real not, to me they're not yeah, <laughs> but they're it, not actually it, fighting like so you can still tell a good story it's like yeah yeah I, I've just realised I talked over Chen. I apologise, Chen. Uh, why, why Nyla Rose yourself? It's just who, what, what she represents, and it's just I think mm-hmm. she's going to help move the business forward. Yeah, and open more doors. Yeah, I she's definitely going to be one of the ones who's out to steal the show as well, because I think a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of eyes on her. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I kind of agree. If I could pick one just to for the sake of conversation and just you know outside of uh i don't want to take a chance to pick away i'm gonna say mjf in the pre-show battle royal and i know he won't hi- i know he won't do too much but i kind of like his character so i'm very hopeful for him i uh, see my i think with mjf i kind of swing wildly between thinking yeah this guy is really good and all he really does is come out and insult local sports teams and imply that people's mothers are prostitutes and stuff <laughs> It's like, yeah, fair enough. It takes a lot of confidence to talk on the mic and stuff, but I don't know. He just reminds, for some reason, he just reminds me of EC3 a tiny bit back in Impact. There's just some striking similarity for me uh, with him and EC3. That kind Um, of arrogance. Yeah, I'm I'm talking character, not wrestler. Yeah, yeah, of course. So maybe, I mean, he's probably not going to steal double or nothing, but I'm... You know, going forward, I think he's just one to watch. So I'm looking yeah, forward for to sure. it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, shall I move on to a couple of negative things and just to, well, not negative, but different things. So let's talk about PAC. Um, is it a bad omen for politics within AEW already, considering Adam Page and PAC has been cancelled? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what to feel about this. That match, they gave that match away for free today and I haven't seen it yet. I was looking forward to this match very, very much. I'm a big Hangman Page fan, and I'm a big Pac fan. And I hope that it's just all an angle. They can still have a match at AEW. And if they don't, then this is a big hit for the card. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree in the sense that it's going to be a big hit for the card. I don't think this is an angle at all, considering how it's reported. Um, so is Puck the problem? Is he the one being difficult? I don't get it. Nobody <laughs> Or the promotion that he's got the title for being difficult. I, I suspect it might be more Dragon Gate than Pack, but I don't know. Like He hasn't lost as a champion, and it, for me it just strikes of very similar sentiment to when he was cruiserweight champion in WWE, the same attitude that he shouldn't lose when he's a champion. Uh, I think there's very much, I think if that wasn't around, I would be thinking it's completely on Dragon Gate, but it's, yeah, a, no. it's, it's, it's a question of who really knows. And I, I, I don't think you're ever going to get a clear answer from this. One. I feel sorry for Hangman Page. Cause mm. I like, I'm one of those fans as well who follow being the elite yeah. Um, and I, that's how I became a fan of Hangman Page, um, just as a person in general. And I just feel like, wow, I, hopefully he still has a match. Yeah, his story's been great. He's always been f- full gear ready, man. Yeah. He just had to believe in himself. And now Bastard Pack's taken that away from him. I think it was probably a little bit of both. But Pack is well known for being like an incredibly loyal Dragon Gate guy. So if they said, oh, we'd rather you didn't lose as champion, he, he won't. He'll just refuse. But you're right that the cruiserweight history maybe makes it seem a bit more like it might be him as well. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't want to throw accusations out there, but you know, um, it's just, it's just a very interesting story. So, do you think Adam Page will face anybody else? I hope so. So the the rumor that I actually heard, uh-huh. um, or that I think maybe this was Meltzer reporting this, was that Page was supposed to lose to Pack anyway. But the problem was that that was to set up an angle with Kenny Omega, where he yeah. would then lose, and that was what they didn't want mm. was for him to job to Omega. So now the match isn't going on at all. So I'm hoping a- oh. Adam Page gets another another <laughs> opponent. So maybe they'll I just bet, accelerate bet, the program. Pain right there. <laughs> I would yeah, love yeah. to have seen Pack versus Omega as well. No, everyone yeah. would have. I, I think everyone would love to seen that match, but yeah, it's a, it's a damn shame. It's a damn shame. Uh, you know what? I will say this: uh, if John Moxley comes out to face Adam Page or anyone else that they might have signed instead, I think it'll more than make up yeah. for it. I hadn't thought about that, you know. Yeah. I kind of want to see John Moxley versus Adam Page more than I wanted to see Pac versus Adam Page. I mean, John Moxley's a bit I'm just, I'm just yeah. thinking, how, how would they discipline, as bosses, the Young Bucks and Cody, how would they discipline their first um, first blip, on the, blip in the business? Oh, yeah. uh, he's he's going to be given I, a Hoover as a companion. Yeah. I just, the thing is, he's, he's with other promotions, so I don't think they can really do too much and I think that's the issue I think that's the one advantage WWE has over AEW in terms of they can easily you know dish out fines and disciplines well you know you can say oh you can work for other promotions you know you can just say to AEW nah I'm not doing that (laughs) I don't need to Uh, I think that's a potential issue like will the elite put themselves over but you know we're getting sidetracked. We're talking about the show and not any potential issues AEW might have as a promotion going forward. So, Sam, you want to end this on a lighter note about Chris Jericho, right? Oh, yeah. Chris Jericho 
just no longer gives a shit and it's extremely excellent obviously if you've not been following the news um it, it was quite widely publicized i think when chris jericho went to new japan he spoke about how he called vince and vince had been okay with it and then had been like oh yeah whatever helps the business it's all good and kind of gave him his blessing to do um a to do the all elite shows and, and so on but then suddenly has turned around and like uh, I think they they uninvited him from I can't remember they uninvited him from something and they also banned WWE wrestlers from appearing on his podcasts anymore. Vince won't talk to him or return his calls. It's like yeah, the the opinion machine has turned on him. So now Jericho doesn't give a crap and he's just openly panning WWE on Twitter, which is great. I so he mocked the Brock Lesnar winning Money in the Bank, right? And I felt it was a bit rich considering he's done the exact same thing in New Japan. Yeah. I think, you know, it's very easy to say, oh, put it on part-timer, but they put the Intercontinental Championship on you. And you featured in, what, two title defences, which is less than Lesnar. One was against Evil, which is so blatantly obvious. Uh, I I just, yeah. I, I mean, I love Jericho, don't get me wrong. I love his New Japan contribution. I think he'll be great in AEW. If he's full-time on AEW, then that's going to be really, really cool, and I'll rescind my comment, but I'm just calling it hypocritical for the Brock Lesnar tweet yeah. that he put out on Sunday night. I don't think he'll be full-time with AEW either. I think it's all a work. He's just playing up to the crowd, his followers, just to promote a um, double or nothing. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard to be, honest, to be honest I don't care like uh, if, yeah. I was, if I was in WWE shoes I'd be doing the exact same thing like you, of course you're not going to want the your wrestlers talking to the competition or public yeah, it, it, makes yeah, sense. it makes sense so it's, it makes good business sense I, I you know it's fun to say oh Chris Jericho doesn't give a shit it's fun to view AEW as a good guys but really WWE have to treat AEW seriously and you know you're gonna bar the competition from interacting with your company so oh, of course i'm not i'm not saying that um like yeah. the aew are kind of crusaders of wrestling purity or or anything yeah. like that i think but it is uh it's good to have some kind of quality monday night wars type drama again i quite yeah. like that competition is always good yeah i you know i i want both to do well i don't you know this is my gripe with uh now nah, Rest, I was... wrestling on social media and wrestling on Twitter is like, oh, this guy's good. Or, oh, that's just a t-shirt company. It's just like, I know I jokingly said it two, three weeks ago that AEW a t-shirt company, but I didn't mean it was for the sake of an argument. It's a fun joke. But I just, I'm just like, oh God, why can't you just like, if you like both or why can't you just want both to do well because then wrestling will do well. That, nah. That's my, that's my beef. Anyway. I want all elite to succeed, buy out the WWE and then run like a really bad invasion pay-per-view where they bury all the <laughs> WWE stars. And never hear of the brand again. No, uh, and Paul Heyman, obviously. Paul Heyman's commentator saying, and AEW might end tonight because WWE will take it. Yeah. 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 Classic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 2021 will be like 2001 all over again. Uh, I wasn't even a fan back then, so I'm not really hurt by it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Anyway, that wraps it up for this week. And uh, thank you for joining me, gentlemen. And also, more importantly, thank you for listening to us, loyal listener. And join us next week too, 
where we will be reviewing AEW Double or Nothing and doing some more cool stuff too. But in the meantime, remember to subscribe to us on all good podcast outlets, drop us a five-star review where possible, and like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at Holy Shoot Pod. And that's the bottom line, as this pod said so.